All right. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good day. Happy Friday. Uh, let's see. Looks like we got sound, which is good because I did just switch over to what I think is the right microphone. Looks like I got sound inside OBS. So let me shuffle a couple of these chats around. We will get this show on the road. But yes, here we could close this. Okay. All right. Uh, so happy Friday, everybody. So. Uh, for those of you that are new, uh, or just joining for the first time, or watching this video after the fact, if you haven't seen any others, uh, my name is Tim, and I go by FoamyGuy on GitHub and Discord. Uh, this is the Adafruit Deep Dive stream, CircuitPython Deep Dive. We're working on CircuitPython-related stuff. Um, it was originally, you know, started by Scott, the lead developer of CircuitPython, uh, generally working on stuff inside the core. Scott is away on leave uh, for another chunk of time here this year, uh, so I've been taking over and doing the deep dive streams. Uh, we're working on the CircuitPython project. If you're brand new to all of this and you don't know what that is, you can learn more at circuitpython.org. Uh, but to give you the, the quick uh, lowdown, it is basically an implementation of Python that can run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Uh, there's a bunch of pictures of them over here on the downloads page on uh, circuitpython.org. Basically, these things are tiny computers and we're running Python code on these tiny computers. Uh, it can interact with the uh, IO pins like along the sides there or around the sides of this one, or this one has got some key switches plugged into the IO pins. Our Python code can interact with those pins um, and interface with uh, electronical devices that are plugged in, like, um, you know, sensors and beepers and buzzers, lights, um, speakers, uh, buzzers, just like touch inputs, uh, flex resistors, like there's a million different kinds of things that you can use to, to sense the environment or to output some thing into the environment, be it sound or light or heat or whatever. So we're able to write Python code to interact with all of that stuff. Um, again, if you want to learn more, circuitpython.org is the place to go. And it's an open source project. So there's lots of folks, um, you know, the whole community built around this project of folks that work on uh, the core code, but also folks who work on libraries and folks that work on projects and documentation uh, and infrastructure and support for members of the community, like all kinds of these uh, wonderful and talented people come together inside this community to make this project what it is. Um, so if you're interested in getting, you know, getting started joining us, if you want to help contribute back to it, whether that's code or projects or documentation or just help or, or whatever, if you're interested in doing that, um, definitely join us over on the Discord, which is shown down below, adafru.it slash Discord. Um, another thing you can do is uh, head to circuitpython.org and go to the contributing link here. If you're looking specifically to get involved in uh, development, software development, this is where to go, uh, the contributing link. But like I said, there's lots and lots of ways that you can contribute and be involved in the project uh, even beyond the software. So uh, join us over on Discord um, to get, in, get uh, involved. Um, it is an open source project, but I will say it's primarily funded by uh, this company, Adafruit. This is their website, adafruit.com. They are a hardware and software company based out of New York in the United States. 
they create uh, hardware devices and, and sell and ship from the New York factory here in the US. Um, they also pay folks who are working on these projects to write the drivers, to write projects, to make guides, to make documentation. Um, they're paying the folks who are working on CircuitPython. The, the uh, team of folks that's employed full-time is paid by Adafruit. Some other uh, members of the team are employed part-time uh, to work on the project. Uh, some folks work on a, you know individual projects basis. Um, Adafruit is paying uh, the folks who are working on this project. So thank you to them. Um, and if you want to help support the project, you can do that by purchasing hardware from Adafruit so that um, you know they can keep money coming in and keep funding open source software uh, like CircuitPython. So uh, thank you to anybody who does want to purchase hardware. You can get all kinds of fun toys and uh, microcontrollers and things to plug in and do with microcontrollers. Uh, you can find all sorts of stuff over there on Adafruit's website. How's it going, Biotograph uh, over on the YouTube? Good afternoon. Um, happy Friday. So. Jumping a little bit more into today's topic, generally this stream is about CircuitPython. Specifically today, what I will be working on is um, essentially this flippy clock, which we have on the screen right here. So uh, what I have here is the result of some animation trickery, essentially, where we, we pre-rendered a bunch of uh, sprites, and then um, we're just playing them back one after another, you know, in quick succession to make this animate and make it look like it's flipping down like this. Um, how's it going, Paul SK? Happy Friday. Um, so if you're interested in these sprites or the, the technique that's used in that, I would say go back onto my channel and you can watch the VODs from uh, last night and a couple of nights ago. There's two videos where I worked on the code that generates all of these sprites. Uh, what I'm gonna work on here on the deep dive though is basically building the CircuitPython class, the helper class that's gonna use these sprites and it's gonna give us a nice easy to use interface um, to set whatever digit we want on this and we're gonna make it look right, like uh, look, look correct I should say, like right now of course the um, the top half is going away, right? Like when it flips down, we can't see the top half. We need to fix that. We're gonna have static ones back there. Um, so we've got that kind of stuff in the mix. And so this one that we have on the screen right now, this is definitely just a proof of concept of the animation itself, uh, just flipping through the sprites in the sprite sheet. Um, and it does look pretty good. So the next thing to do is actually build some code, build some scaffold around this, some Python code that will make it much easier to interact with. Uh, and make it easy to set the numbers to whatever we want and have it run the animation and then change to, to look like how we want. Um, let's see, I feel like I possibly heard the, uh, the Twitch thing. I don't know if I'm hearing things. If somebody did, I don't have it pulled up so I can't see your name, but if somebody out there did uh, follow me on Twitch, I do appreciate that, whoever you were. Um, and it may have played through the stream, actually, I guess, because it's hooked up in OBS. I don't know if that one's in this scene, but I suppose I probably wouldn't have heard it if it wasn't on. So that may have splashed on the screen as well. If so, that's what that was about. Um, so I'm just going to start right on the device. We're going to jump right into starting the code for this. So uh, we'll take a quick peek. Uh, this is the sprite sheet for it. This is the bottom half animation sprite sheet. So you can see what we have are the numbers 0 through 9. 
This is the bottom half of them, and then we have uh, 10 sprites for each number, and each one of our 10 sprites represents a different angle that that half of the number is at. So uh, flip clock is the kind of thing we're after here. This represents, you know, essentially the angle of that flip clock flipping down to reveal the bottom half of the new number. Then I have top half over here, top animation sheet. This shows the top halves, but it's the same deal. It's the, uh, each sprite represents a different angle of the top half of that number flipping down like that. So these are the sprites. We're just cycling through them inside of a tile grid, showing those on the display. Um, and right now the code that's doing that is just initializing the tile, uh, tile grids, uh, you know, loading up the sprite sheets, making the tile grids. They're both one by one uh, tiles, and then they happen to be 48 by 50 pixels, but the um, scripts that we have that generate these sprite sheets, these can actually be manipulated to, to do different sizes. So this happens to be the size of the one I'm using. Um, but ultimately what we'll publish will be a script where you can set it up to choose the colors and the fonts and the sizes for yourself. But right now it's just really proof of concept, just you know, for loop, looping through the animations, showing each one one at a time, uh, little tiny sleeps here and there just to make it so it's not going super fast. Uh, what we really want to do is start making a class and I think should I just start putting it in lib, or should I put it over here? I think I'll just put it inside the root for right now. Eventually this would end up inside a lib, probably in a, in a library, but um, let's just say flip. I want to start, I think I have two layers in mind for this, but I'm going to start at the inner layer. Really what I want is this one's going to be flip digit, and then we're also, I think, going to have flip clock after this, and the flip clock is going to hold some flip digits. Um, one thing I want is display IO layout because I want to extend widget. Let me use circup to install that. And now we can import it. This not update, display layout. Display shapes, this installed shapes. Maybe it's not done yet. Looks like it's done. Oh, there it is. Inside of here is widget, which is what we want to extend. Uh, we're gonna put that inside flip digit. some of these things down just so we don't have so much stuff open class uh, flip digit and this one's gonna extend widget which is gonna come from here so widget is basically a lot like group it pretty much is a group but it has a couple of other things like um, anchor point and anchor position, kind of like display text labels, and maybe a height and a width. Maybe one or two other things. Um, the anchor point and the anchor position are the main reason why I use it.
height width, anchor point, yeah, X, Y. Pretty much this is what it's giving you. But beyond that, it's pretty much just a group. So uh, display IO group, we can add other things to it. We can show it on displays and do all that kind of stuff with it. So that's what we're extending, flip digit. Inside of this uh, def init, we want four tile grids, two static and two animation. And when I say static, I don't mean that they never change. I just mean that they don't change as part of the animations. And the reason we want two of them is because we want top and bottom half. So I'm just gonna go self dot top static tile grid equals a new tile grid. How's it going, Remix 40 over there on YouTube? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we should import tile grid from display.io import tile grid. Tile grid takes an image. We need to load the image. Self dot. Actually, you know what we want to do is not just load the image. We want to actually accept the image preloaded if we can, because we don't want to load the same sprite sheet four times once we get to the clock level. Right now I'm working on a single digit. Ultimately we want a clock with four digits, but we don't want to have four copies of the sprite sheet in memory. So I think what we want to do is be able to pass that. Sprite sheet. Chat isn't up on the stream. Uh-oh. Oh, you're right, it's not updating. That's interesting. Is it too tall? It's too tall. There we go. Thank you for the heads up. Yeah, should fit in there now. So we're gonna just pass in the sprite sheet. Assume we already have it. What else does tile grid take? It takes, um, well, first of all, it's capital G and it takes palette which is called pixel shader though, not palette. And that's gonna be, yeah, unfortunately we're gonna have to take that as well actually. Sprite sheet, well, I don't know. No, it's not really unfortunate. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, huh. How's it going, C. Grover? Happy Friday. Pixel shader. Uh, do we need anything else? Let me pull up the docs for tile grid. It's always good to, to keep the display IO docs handy. Um, circuit Python display IO docs native helpers tile grid. We can give it X and Y, but we'll just leave those default for now. We need to give it height and width and tile height and tile width actually. Um, so height and width, those are both going to be one because this is going to be a one by one tile. Tile width and tile height, those are going to be, um, it's 48 by 50, but eventually we're going to need a way to pass in your own. Cross that bridge when we get to it though. Yeah. Oh, and the thing is actually, yeah, we actually have a static sprite sheet. 
static sprite sheet palette. And then we actually also have animation sprite sheet animation sprite sheet palette. We need both of these. Because we have two different sprite sheets. The ones I showed you before. Actually, we have top and bottom too. So these are the animation sprite sheets, and then this one is the static sprite sheet. Yeah. Top. Top. Bottom. And I don't, ordinarily, like, I'd probably just load this in here, but the thing is I want to, I know that I'm going to be making multiples of these, and I'm hoping that if I'm passing in the sprite sheet, that we are not loading multiple copies of it. We can have multiple tile grids that reference it, but we're having one main copy of the sprite sheet itself. Because they are kind of big, like, these files are 241 kilobytes, each, so that's close to 500, and then another 58 for this one. So we don't want, you know, four copies of that in memory. We can help it. Right sheet palette. Okay. Might as well break this up a bit more. Right. That's our static. We want the bottom half static. Bottom. We want now the top animation. Well, yeah, actually. Top anim tile grid. Top anim sprite sheet. Top anim. Did we just say palette? Keep it a little less wordy. And these are actually the same size. So essentially I'm going to have the static ones in the back and the animation ones on top of those. So that that way, when the animation ones are showing something, they are showing it on top of the static ones. This will all kind of come together, I'm hoping, here. I have kind of a, a plan in mind for this. I didn't, didn't quite lay it out, so... We'll kind of see it as it unfolds, and we'll learn together if it's going to work how I'm imagining, but... Did we not change the... Oh, anim. Ah, uh, we should keep that consistent too, right? Like this one...
I kind of thought about this design the other night, uh, not on stream. I, I, I will mention for any new folks that joined, if you're interested in this project, specifically the code that generated these sprite sheets, there are a couple other streams over on my channel that you can catch um, where I wrote the code that generates these from last night and a couple of nights back. Uh, I, I didn't lay out my plan though the planning i actually did off stream just kind of as i was thinking about it one day um so yeah also keep yeah keep keep that in mind too as i kind of thought about this like i'm not necessarily just pulling this right out of my head right now i'm not not that good really to just sit down with a first try and plop the whole thing out like this but i did did think about it quite a bit and plan it out so we've got our back static tile grids we've got our front animation tile grids we want to uh, initialize our self instance of widget which is actually also going to be the self instance of group but this is uh this is wrong it's like super what is it super self super or just super. It's just super. And so very, very first thing like I'm going to do is so I can actually start testing and seeing how broken my code is or not is um, just add one to self, self.append, so that's going to be the group append, the self. We'll just say top static tile grid first. And let's just keep it right at that only for right now. Let's just, we should have enough to see if this is going to be working. So I'm going to say this is called code flip animation test. This code is now. Empty, except for that stuff. Actually, we want some more of that. We want this. We don't want these because we're creating our tile grids inside of that object now, but we do want these sprite sheets right here. And in fact, we actually want a static one also. Except actually the static one is the entire one, not top and bottom. Although I am going to treat it as top and bottom probably if I can. But it is still just one, so static sprite sheet. Static palette. Static sheet. You know, one thing I don't know on the static sheet is um, if green is at index zero or if there's multiple greens. We actually got multiple greens on the other one. It's something I want to try to resolve that to only have a single index of green, but that one will be another. Another day, probably. Uh, we want map. Rearrange. 
Yeah, okay, only one, but it was not first, so I am going to move it and save this and then export this. Place that on our drive there. Actually going to also export another copy of it to... Um, Repos, Flickr Python. Can you search yet? Flip. I should look into how we can manipulate the palette from PIL. We might be able to change the indexes inside there and put green at zero. For now, I've just saved it that way. So static palette dot make transparent zero to set that green to be transparent. And then let's go digit equals flip digit and static sprite sheet whoa static palette top animation sprite sheet top animation palette bottom spreadsheet bottom palette okay and what else uh, make a group main group equals group board display show main group uh, we can comment this. We don't really need it right right now. I do want to keep it though while true pass. Yeah, that should be, I think, enough to do something or crash. Wrong on both counts. Does not crash and it also does not do anything. Uh, we didn't add it to the group. Main group dot append digit. That looks better, okay. So our base infrastructure is fine. We've got our group, which is actually inside a widget. We're able to put tile grids on it and then show them on the display by adding the digit to our outer group here in CodePy. So kind of the sort of structure, the scaffold behind the scenes is all working properly. So I'll add the rest of this stuff, self.append, self.bottom static, and 
we should change the... Might as well change the location now, I think. Self dot... Bottom static dot y needs to be the height. We should be passing this in, I think. Tile width tile height. So then the y of this will be tile height, which will move it down below static. And we want to add static first, and then after static is in, we want to add animation tile grid because it's going to be layered on top or in front, depending on how you want to think about it. Top animation tile grid. Bottom animation tile grid. Let's go ahead and set that self.bottomanimation.y tile height. Save that and we should see not enough arguments because we did not add tile height and tile width here, which is, did I do width and then height? Yeah. 48 and 50. Hmm. Hmm. So that's not quite what I expected. Maybe... Let's hide these. Hidden true. Maybe these are... Maybe these are on top and showing something... ...that I'm not expecting. Those will spend a good chunk of the time hidden, but we'll make them visible when we want. Okay, yeah, this is fine. This is what I'm expecting more so. It's not right. Doesn't look like what it needs to, but that is what I'm expecting. Um, oh, you know, I just had an idea about the line in the middle. We could just have it like this with a gap. Actually, we want a line in the middle, I think, of the flip clock tiles, and I was thinking of just adding it in the PIL script, but... Actually, just have it, like, right here. Actually, I guess there's a gap at the top anyway. Right. So... 
We need, um, let's see. Well, we need to just set it to the correct index, which would be... Ah, yeah, we need some information about this, I guess. Or I, I, I guess we could assume it's going to be 3 by 4 Maybe that's fair. 0, 1, 2, 3, right? Because I'm doing top and bottom as different tiles. So the top half of the 0 is index 0, the top half of the 1 is index 1, the top half of the 2 is index 2, the bottom half of the 0 is index 3. Bottom bottom static. Let's I think there's a default tile. Three. There we go. Okay, now our static looks good. And if we put that two back, then there will be the gap there. Ooh, not quite, huh? Oh, this is anim. Interesting. We'll see how it looks with the animation. I had imagined not having this gap here, but instead just having a black line in the image. Or, or whatever color, it doesn't have to be black line, but whatever color you want in there. We'll see what it looks like though, I'm interested. Um. Okay, so we've got our statics, we've got our animations, those are in front. One thing is, this should be the same, right? If we're going to do plus four up there, we definitely want to do plus four down here as well. And... We want to keep track of some things, like the currently showing... ...digit. Um, self dot... Do we just want to call it digit? That doesn't seem right, because then it would just be digit.digit, .digit, flip digit dot display value. Maybe it should be value. Yeah. But I'm going to make properties. So I'm going to say underscore value. We are going to set it to zero. We're gonna make properties.
Valid characters are digits. Zero through nine. And that is it. We want length one as well, actually. Symbol, could it be an image of a cat, for example? Symbol? Um... Well, you could make your own cards, like your own sprite sheets. So part of what I'll release is the PIL code that generates these images and also generates these variations of them, the, the perspective skewed ones. Um... Right now, it's pretty coupled together, but I could probably break it apart some and split out a few of the parts of it and then make it so if you create your own static sprite sheet like this, and you could have whatever you want on it, right? Because, like, my code doesn't really know that these are numbers. I'm going to be tying it together with the API, and then it will kind of know a little bit more that they're numbers, but the truth is it has no idea what's in here. It could just as easily be a cat. Um, or an emoji, a Blinka, a Lars, whatever you wanted. Slot machines, yeah, cherry, sevens, that kind of stuff, bar. Yeah, it would be possible. It would be possible. Uh, today it's a little coupled together, so like right now today there's not code that, that would be directly applicable and help you do it, but it could be hacked together with the code I have today. And what I'll try to do is separate some of the PIL processes a bit to where you'll be able to just feed it a static sprite sheet and then it could generate the animation ones for you. And then you can do with them whatever you want this this flip digit here this one is going to assume uh digits zero through nine so it won't necessarily apply to a cat although like i said there's nothing stopping you from putting a cat on seven and then just setting this to seven and it flips down and shows a cat um but you could also just reuse the tiles and make your own class or uh, just use a tile grid and cycle through them So if uh, the new value string is length of it is exactly one, and if the new value is in the valid characters, then we want to go old value equals current value.
self.value equals new value. And we need some animations and stuff here. Animations and things. Yeah, we'll just pretend those exist. One thing we will do first right now, though, is we do want to go set. Ah, how do we want that? I don't think I want another function for it. So I'm just going to do it straight here, and we'll refactor later if we want. Uh, Self.top static zero, because we only ever change zero, because there's only a one tile, equals uh, equals what? How do we know? How do we know? I mean, the lazy way is make a dictionary. So zero, one, two are easy, but then three is actually zero, one, two, three, four, five. Three is actually six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, we're going to go lazy way with dictionary for right now. There's probably some math we could use, so we didn't need to just have a dictionary, but dictionaries exist, and they're awesome, and they're easy. Um, top, top, half, sprite, index, map. Don't you want to be able to flip to a blank digit for the leading character sometimes? Good question, MD Roberts. Maybe. It's a definite maybe. Probably what we'll do is I could just add the last one here that's blank. And then you'd be able to do blank the same way as all the others. Had not considered it before, but yeah, probably we will want that. So, and then we'll make a blank set for this as well. In the bottom half. This will be a dictionary. Zero is zero. I just happen to know that one. I'll do them in rows, I guess, how they're laid out. So one is one. 2 is 2, those are the easy ones. 3 is 6. 4 is 7. 5 is 8. 6 is... 9, 10, 11, 12. So these ones are double. And then those plus one, there's something like times two plus one, there's some some algorithm that makes these come out from a function instead of a dictionary, but alright. Fourteen. 
9 is 18. That's 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Bottom half. So this is where we get our gaps. Three, four, five. And then... Nine, ten, eleven? It's gotta be that, right? Let's double check it. Zero, one, two, so three, four, five, seven, eight, yeah, nine, ten, eleven, okay. Which then puts these at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Eighteen, nineteen, twenty, because this actually counts. Twenty-one for the bottom half. Top half index plus three. Nice. Yeah, that's true. Is there a way we could We'll do that. We'll do that later. We could I guess we could make one of these a function. One of them could be a dictionary, the other one could be a function. The one that's a function could just access the dictionary and then add the three. Yeah. And then actually, the one that is a dictionary could also probably be a function. We would just need to find the right math that makes this work. I'm going to keep it as a dictionary for now, but yeah, we'll do, we will do that because it'll get rid of having to have an extra dictionary. Okay. So if our new value is valid, we get an old value to save we really only need that for animations we're not going to use that right now we update the value field we set this to top half flip digit top half the new value and then we go bottom bottom static tile grid zero equals the bottom new value so theoretically, we should be able to set value and have it actually show top and bottom half correctly. That's zero. Let's just go like um, now equals, no, let's go um, for i in range. 10 digit dot value equals i time dot sleep 0 
Dictionary approach is fast and more visual. That is true. That part's definitely true. I do like that about it. It, it kind of matches how the sprite is laid out. It's nice. I hadn't thought about that. Type int has no length. We need strings. Maybe we should allow... Okay, that's pretty fast, but it is working. Maybe we should, um, I don't know if I like the line that way, although we'll have to see how it looks with the animation. Truthfully, with the animation is the real judgment of it. Okay. So, the thing is... These are actually going to happen at slightly different times. And the animations and things is actually partially happening inside of here. So what we want to happen is when they set the new value, we want to Start showing the top half animation and when the first frame of the top half animation is visible we want to set the top static to the new value we want to do that after the first frame of the top animation is visible. That way, this change is going to be occurring behind the first frame of that animation. We're not actually going to see this change happen. That animation frame is going to be in front of it, blocking it. So first thing is we should actually be going self.top animation tile grid hidden equals false. But the truth is even before we do that, we should set the right index on it. So self.top animation tile grid zero equals this one is the value times 10, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I think maybe we should actually have value be an int. Uh, oh, 
So it would be if type is int and this one gets different, instead of checking for one digit, what we're gonna say is um, zero is less than, new value is less than 10, less than equal to nine. And I think we need this or something, right? No. Oh, there's an extra and now. Valid syntax. That's fair. Uh, so now our new value is going to be an int, which means the thing we're setting here is actually just new value times 10. But we probably shouldn't just say times 10 because we're not guaranteed to end up with 10 being the amount of these that we want. So we actually should have here animation frame count equals 10. Because the PIL scripts that I have are they have a variable for this we can generate like the ones i have here which have 10 frames per animation uh, but it could also generate lower or higher amount of frames per animation um, the trade-off is basically file size and ram versus the smoothness of the animation so you can go less file size and ram but less smooth animation or you can go more file size and ram and more smooth animation. And I'll try to strike a decent balance for the one that I release, but you know, people will be able to do it however they like. So we're basically just getting all these invalid new values which is in this case now because they are strings. And we might as well just raise, honestly.
So let's go back in here and make it actually pass in the ints instead of the strings. And this will probably look super messed up or crash. Indeed, crashed the int 0 to 9. I feel like it should have been int 0 to 9. Oh, you know what? This is wrong, right? This needs equals. Are you only supporting incremental updates, or do you want to be able to roll through the in the intervening values to get to your target digits? Uh, my intention is to be able to change from any number to any other number without having to go through the ones in between, which would not be possible on the physical implementation of this device, would it? The physical one has no choice but to scroll past the ones it doesn't want to use. Um, the truth is, I hadn't thought about it, actually, either way. But what I was headed towards was just being able to change from any number to any other number in a single flip. So you could flip from 0 to 1, but you could also flip from 1 to 9. And the animation would look the same for both, is how I had planned. But it wouldn't be that hard, probably. Because, um, I mean, if nothing else, you could just run it in a for loop of changing the value to get from where you're at to where you're going. So, to do that, you might want it to flip faster if it's flipping through a bunch of things, though. So that's one thing to consider. Um, good question, and yeah, that's my... Definitely the first thing I'm aiming for is just flip from one number to any other number with no extras in between. But if we did have that, then you could do it a bunch of times in succession. Shortest distance. Shortest distance? Oh, can they go backwards? I assumed it could only go one direction. Is that what you mean, shortest distance? Like, if it had to go forward by three slots or backwards by 12 slots or whatever it would be to wrap back around again? int 0 must be int 0 to 9. Well, something's not right, because it definitely is int 0 to 9. So I did have... I had this wrong, but now we corrected it. Oh, this one doesn't work now, because that was a string. That was fun. Some go both ways. Oh, interesting. I had no idea that some went backwards. Looks cool when it's a full wall. I have seen a video of that big wall somewhere. I don't know where it's at. Or a video of a big wall somewhere with a bunch of these things on it. It sounds really f interesting and cool as well. The for loop is a good compromise. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll try to also have the animation speed be settable. So... You could set like a faster animation speed 
if you want to do the for loop way. That way you don't have to wait as long. Yeah. Okay, that should fix this one, right? Or not? Really? Code done. It didn't rerun. Did it rerun? I wish I had three separate if statements, but I don't. Oh, is this not int like this? This is not int like this, is it? I should do an int actually. its own thing. Used to be common in airports in 36. Here, zero. Line 79. Right, these are numbers now. Yeah, back in the day, we had bi-directional process for monitoring displays before Nixie tubes, BNT. Okay. So our animation one is showing now, um, and it's visible. One thing is the green is not transparent, which is because we turned this back off. Well, we turned it off. But that was actually good because that proved to us that our animation tile grid is on top of our other one. Actually, I guess it didn't really prove it per se, but it showed, the, the, it showed us that it's visible at least. It could have been behind, I guess, maybe. I don't know. So now inside of here, we have set the top animation tile grid to its tile. We have 
shown it with hidden false, we will then update the top static tile grid. We will then top flip animate. For I in range, we need to keep this thing on self, self dot animation frame count. Tile grid zero equals Is it I? It is um, I think we want this to take value. And this is going to actually be old value. And then we're looping 0 through 9, which is fine, but we want to add to that value times 10, which is what will make it so that if we were looping 4, we'd have 0, 1, 2, 3, so on, but we'd start with four times 10 to get down to 40. And then just add the one all the way across. did I have in this one?
0 0.02. I'd like to know how they work, ever take one apart. How do you know how many spaces to put it seems arbitrary to me in the Python code? I mean, if you mean spaces in between lines like this, that part is pretty arbitrary. If you mean spaces like this here, the exact number is arbitrary. The important part are the levels of indention. So if this def is going to be here, you know, and it's one, two, three, four back to the edge, then this def here also has to be four. And this one here has to be four. And then when we indent inside of here, we also have four. Four is customary. You could use two or three or other values if you wanted. Or you could use tab characters if you wanted and you like pain, basically. Um, and so the exact number is unimportant as long as you stay consistent. You have to have four. You know, if you use four, you need to use four throughout the file. Uh, but really the indention levels are, are how it works. And you indent anytime you go inside of a block. So um, if you're familiar with Java or JavaScript uh, or, or maybe C or C++, code that has curly brackets, um, you know, you signify a new block by opening the curly bracket and then you signify a closing block by closing the curly bracket in Python, we signify a new block by starting it with a colon and then indenting it down below inside. Um, this one is actually a wonky example because the way I've used the and and the slash here uh, messes with the indention sum. But this one here is a good example. Um, we open the new block with a colon and then we indent all the lines that are inside that block. In this case, we just have one, but if we had others, you know, here, this one would be indented at the same level as the one below it. And now both of these two lines of code are inside this block that's created by this colon here. Is there an auto indent? Yes, I am using the PyCharm editor and it has very extensive auto completion and auto indenting and all kinds of helper stuff like that built in. So I don't have to micromanage the tabs very much. Uh, I just press enter, like for instance, I, my cursor is right here. I'm just gonna press enter and it put me at the exact right level uh, that I needed to be at, you know? Or if I push enter here, it puts me at the exact right level I need to be at. Um, so gen generally I don't have to micromanage it too much. Whoops. If you use a plain old text editor though, then you would have to, to um, you know, manage it yourself. You'd have to make sure it's all consistent and everything. Best of both worlds. At least it's four and not two shutter. Yeah, two is two is rough. I only, I use two sometimes for HTML if it's like a HTML with a, a lot of levels, uh, but I don't like it. I do it begrudgingly. I use Visual Studio, not code. I gotcha, okay. Yeah, there should, I would, I would imagine there's auto indenting in that as well. I don't have any experience with it, um, but I would guess there is. value. 
Can we not call this if this is down below? Oh, no, 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 that's wrong. We can, it can be down here. But it does need to be self. And we need to keep anim delay, uh, anim delay. Whoa, that is not what we wanted to do. Back delay equals anim delay. Let me catch up also on the chat here. Um, Crazy Mink says tabs recalls. Uh, yeah, recalls using typewriters. And understand how the flaps flip up. I guess if it just rolls backwards. Yeah, I'm not sure. Very similar to electromechanical telephone dialing. Like the old, uh, this thing, all the way back. Had one of those when I was a kid. Simple ones are just a solenoid and a ratchet. Bidirectional has two solenoids and a slip clutch. Got two different teeth going two different ways or something. Salvaging electronics tonight, but it has a Broadcom chip, which costs millions to get the data sheet for. That is not good. I don't have millions. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully one of these days that won't be the case. Uh, so where are we at here? We called top flip animate, we passed in the old value, which came in as value, we're running through that, we're sleeping our delay time. Eventually we might make an asynchronous version of this. For right now I'm just gonna go synchronous and call sleep here. When we get to the end of this, what do we wanna do? When we get to the end of this, we want to hide the top animation tile grid. And so at that point, we have the top static showing the new value. And so the next thing we want to do is animate the bottom side. But the value for this one is actually gonna be the new value because when it flips down, we want it to be revealing the new value, not revealing the old value. Well, when I say revealing, I mean in the animation tile grid, it's actually gonna be covering up the static one. So it's revealing the new one and covering the old one, but you know, that's kind of how I'm thinking of it is this one is revealing in the animation. Bottom flip animate for range in count. This one will be bottom. Bottom here as well. Set it back to hidden after it's done, except... Actually, I don't think we want to do that in there. I think we want to do that in here, and then I guess we should keep it consistent, truthfully. So maybe let's not do this one in here. 
because the reason why we need to do it back out here is after we're done animating, but before we hide this, we need to set the static one. Bottom static, zero. Flip digit, bottom half. Just the new, uh, new value? New value. New value. So we run our bottom flip animate. When it finishes, it's gonna be sitting on the last animation frame. And it's gonna be sitting in front of the static one. Static one is gonna be showing the old bottom half value. So we're gonna update the static one, which is behind and not visible yet. We're gonna update it to the new value bottom half. Then we're gonna hide the animation one. That way, the static one that we just set will be revealed. And that's actually this line, so we can get rid of it. But we do want it to happen before we set this to true. And is this the same? Yeah, I guess this is the same because top and bottom are basically the same. I could put electronics on my bicycles. Fixed flap work like a card on a bike frame hitting the spokes. Flipping up requires going past the digit and then moving forward by one. Interesting. Horizontal or vertical tabs? Um, in the browser? I don't know what you mean. In the browser I use, or, or in here? Horizontal? But I use this a lot too, which feels like vertical tabs. But actually I have no idea which thing you're asking about. Uh, yeah, I think this should work probably, right? Maybe. No. Implicitly, int object string implicitly. Uh, 97? Uh, oh, right, right. So we changed this to want to be ints, and so this should actually be zero, not string zero. Bottom half doesn't look right, but the top half does. I feel like the bottom animation is not playing. Oh, we didn't make it visible. That would do it.
typewriters had vertical tabs. Too young to understand. Asking about tabs on the typewriter, I see. There we go. I think I don't like the gap this way. I don't think I want to do the gap this way. Because it actually makes it so they don't line up right. Like the 7, it's particularly easy to see on the 7, and the 9, I guess, as well. Uh, because the 4 pixels in between make it taller, and your brain tries to fill in the part between, but it doesn't go straight. Probably a better way to explain that, but that's what I got right now. Um, I'm going to get rid of this. There we go. Sweet. So now we have this digit widget, digit widget. That's a fun one, isn't it? Oh, let me uh, have this scrolled up. Electronics on the bike. Flip displays typically under tension at the top, hanging at the bottom. Bench drum would pull past the top and it'd snap down. Back up a whole lot. Yeah, I can't even like fathom. My my brain can't. Imagine the mechanisms. Maybe if I had played one in, played with one in real life. So this is looking pretty much how I wanted. This is this is how I imagine this class working. It does work. One thing I will say is that the yellow blends together and makes it difficult to see it as well as I think I would like you to be able to see it. Um, let me think about possible solutions. Bottom half animation starts right when the top half animation ends. Right, let's take a look. So, new value comes in, we validate it, we save a variable with the old value, we update the value field. We set the first frame on the top animation then we show the top animation. Then we update the static one, which is actually happening in the behind, so we don't see it. 
we run the top animation and then a few thing ha a few things happen between the top animation and the bottom one of them is we set this hidden true another one is we set this hidden false and then we call bottom flip animation you know what we should do is uh, we don't set the initial one here, right? We should basically be doing this before we say hidden false the same way we were up here. So actually, technically, when this was getting shown, it was on whatever it got left on. We should have been updating it to this. Yellow should get darker. Yeah, I was just thinking about darkening the sprite sheets for the animation. Yellow getting dimmer until it matches. One thing is we don't, I don't believe we have a super easy way to change the brightness live. inside display io of only particular regions or only particular images i don't think we have a great way to do that we can update the palette you can change the palette which will change how it looks on the screen to my knowledge though we don't have a like darkener algorithm We did have a darkener algorithm though. We could just flip through the animation palette and make every single color inside of it, you know, X amount darker, X percent darker or whatever. Animation BMP could have a gradient. Yes, possibly. Well, I mean, definitely yes. Possibly we can figure out how to do it with PIL. I think first thing I'm going to try is just darken the entire sprite sheet. How's it going, buddy? Stripe cat here. Palette fader. Oh right, palette fader. 
This works per palette. Fade normalize. Go palette fader, give it the source palette, normalize true, and then brightness and gamma. I will definitely admit to not really knowing color theory too much, so I know these are all words associated with colors, but not as much the specific um, meaning behind them. See what those values are. Docs in here too. JPEGs, pages, PDF. Oh, interesting. It's like read the docs PDF. Source palette, brightness, and gamma. And those default to 1.0, and then normalize defaults to false. Palette adjustment value range 0 to 1, default is 1, maximum brightness. Palette brightness. So then do you go normalize? So you basically you initialize it and set the new brightness that you want. You 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 give it the source palette and then you set the new brightness by setting here, BRB. What you getting into, buddy? Get down from there. is climbing on a wire rack shelf. It can barely walk on. What about adding a shadow to the underside during the flip? Possibly. Shadows are going to be tough again. I guess it depends on how you mean. Like, I mean, I guess a shadow kind of is just a gradient between black and transparent. So if we did figure out how to do gradients inside PIL, then we could basically make what might look like a shadow by gradienting black and transparent. And then we could maybe choose where to put it. Uh, but I don't actually currently know how to do that gradient or if it's possible inside PIL. Um, you could, of course, go through and edit each of them manually, but that would definitely take a long time. Then it creates a palette object with a new brightness. Background faded. Dot palette. Okay, you access dot palette from it when you want. Okay. Okay. Uh, is it on? Um, is it in the community bundle or anything like that? Can we go circup install? Cats can't live with them, can't stir-fry with them. 
Can't stir fry without him. Hope this cat's not involved in stir fry. He probably would like to be though. No, not yet. Not in community bundle. Okay, no worries. We'll just go clone. Clone that one. Terminal. Oh, that's not where we want to be. Also, I just bookmarked this accidentally. Uh, repos, CircuitPython, git clone, that one. Fader. Code copy lib into there. And then we could do something like Why this wants to always put CircuitPy here in lib. We actually want these first. And then we here would go like this. We also need to set the brightness, which I didn't do yet. with but not committed to chickens are dedicated to supplying breakfast Let's see brightness gamma normalize what is uh, what is default for gamma? What can, if I just pass like 1.0, will it stay the same, and I'll be able to just change the brightness, or should those not be named? Oh, why is this? Oh, too many blank lines.
Ooh. Okay, seven is probably too much. Oh, 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 oh. That's not how we want that. Nice. I like it. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing this here in the stream and also obviously for making this library. This is super cool. Yeah, I like uh, that. That definitely helps it right away. I wonder, should we not... Should we go brighter on the bottom and darker on the top? Can you go over 1.0? Can I go like 1.1? Uh, is that actually brighter? I mean, brighter yellow is hard to conceptualize, I guess. Ooh, that wrapped back around and got darker. Interesting. Gamma burst. Is a gamma just a set? I I don't know. I don't know the um, I don't know color theory like at all, truthfully. So very very possibly yes. I would defer to anybody who actually knows anything about it because I do not. I sometimes know what colors look good together. Sometimes. That's about the extent of my color theory knowledge. Okay, this is an image. All the rest of those actually are images. Do any of these go above 1.0? You do your base through. Game is related to how our eye responds. Our colors of the spectrum. So we could go static down a bit. And then we'd have room to go back up. Alpha is transparency. Seagrover, uh, do you know off top of your head, is it possible to go above 1.0? Or is it, I shouldn't say possible, but maybe intended? Like, is it intended I should be able to go 1.1 and then make it brighter? Or is it really only for going down from whatever you started on? Should read the docs also. Apologies for not reading the docs yet. Probably mostly to go down, right? Because it's really kind of about screen brightness for LEDs, which makes total sense. Because yeah, if you try to you try to show an image like on a matrix portal or something, it'll blind you if you look at it. But and then but there's only like there's a limited number of brightness settings as compared to a display. But this allows you to play with those in between colors a lot more in between brightnesses a lot more. So it is probably just for going down. That's my guess. So what we'll do is we'll, we're, we're taking static one anyway here. So let's just go before we do static, static fader, palette fader, static 
So let's say static is going to be 0 0.9. You can go above one, but if the color is already saturated, it gets weird and wraps. I see. That's where my, okay, that's where my blackness was coming from in that one, probably. So we'll go down a bit here. Well, let's try 0 0.9. Let's stick with 0 0.9. Let's go small changes first. You can always change it more. 1.0. Yeah, and this will affect both top and bottom because they both come from the same sprite sheet for static. So then we'll go self.static fader palette. So now static will be at 0.9, so then let's go bottom at... Where did those go? Right in here. Let's go... Let's go bottom at uh, one, one. One, 1.1, 1.0. Top at 0 0.8. Did I have those backwards before? Are these backwards? We're getting brighter on the top and darker on the bottom. I see. Top here, bottom here. Static point nine top. Yeah, that's what I was aiming for. That looks pretty slick. We could go a little bit more extreme. Um, if we went down to 0.8 here, maybe we could then... We stay 1.0 and then go to 0.7 maybe? This kind of makes it, it feel like the light source is out here, doesn't it? This is really cool. I hadn't had a chance to play with this yet before. I, I should not say that I didn't have a chance, truthfully. The truth is I just didn't do, didn't do it, didn't get to it, basically. Uh, but this is really cool. Thank you for making this, Seagrover. This is actually super neat. You could actually do a lot of stuff like this with shadows using this thing. I almost think we want to go just, it's so dark still, but maybe just a touch darker still on the top. I want a little bit more contrast between the static and the top. Six, eight, and one. Nice. I like it. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That really helps it. I was thinking of making an outline, maybe like just drawing a black line around the edge of the yellow box. That way you would actually see the line as well. That would help with the, the depth perception. But honestly, this darkening and lightening, this actually helps a lot with the depth perception. I'm going to look at it straight on here. The bottom is maybe a touch too bright. I actually think, so here's the deal. I think it looks good on the screen right here. I think it looks good coming through onto the screen. Looking straight on directly from the eye, I think it's actually a touch too bright. The, the camera and the angle and whatever else, the universe is just helping this one look a little better, I think. I guess we'll have to uh, put Palette Fader in the community bundle after all. That'd be awesome. Um, if you and if you don't if you like want help if you if you'd rather have somebody else add it i'm sure we could find somebody or i definitely would be willing to to do that but that would be awesome if uh if you wanted to add that in there or if we got that in there i should say um and it would definitely i mean i assume ultimately i'll be trying to make a learn guide for this so it would need to be available there in order for the packaging thing uh what is that called project project downloader project folder package uh i'm drawing a blank on the name but the thing that that puts it all together for you that that can pull from the community bundle of course if it's not there right like i could still just provide it as a link on the page too it's not the end of the world uh, project bundler that's the name of the thing i'm thinking um yeah, let's try down a bit. What did I... I had 0.8. Let's try... Yeah, let's try 0.9. Yeah. I like that. Maybe... I'm gonna just take a look at... 8.5. You know what I should do is scoot this over, actually. This got this tape in front of it. I got my screen protector on, and it still has tape. Let's scoot it over. Let's get an actual fair look at it without looking through the tape. Well, fair-ish, because I'm not going to take the screen protector off yet, but it's clear. It's not too dirty, so uh, let's just move that over. We can do that in here. Digit.x equals something bigger. Digit.x equals 100. Say. Looks good from here as well. Nice, thank you. Uh, what about... Yeah, thank you also, uh, Dexter, for the idea about the shadow. I think I, I really like the way this turned out with the shadow, actually. I hadn't... It wasn't something I was thinking about in mind, but it turned out to be really easy because of this library, and I think it makes it look a lot nicer. The other thing is, too, like, people will be able to choose their color as well. So, like, the... Um, you know, I chose yellow just because it was easy to see when I was working in PIL, but you could have blacks and whatever you want. And we'll try to make it so you could do gradients in here, because I do think it would look nice if that was a gradient. Yeah. So...
Okay. This one might be too far. This one might be too far, but stick with me for a minute. If we darkened the bottom half static one while we were animating the bottom flippy one, I think that would make sense, right? Because technically it should be getting darker because the one coming down should be casting a shadow onto it. You know what I mean? When that comes down, the one behind should get darker. In order to do that, though... Darker static fader? I don't know, can you change a can you change a pixel shader? I I might I think actually I I added that to the core. You you didn't used to be able to and I think I did because of my button. Display button when I was working on that new version of display button, I set it so you could do that. That's right. So we should. This is actually awesome. All of this comes together. Small world. So what we want is while we're animating bottom Pretty much just like after we show this it should be self dot bottom static tile grid dot pixel shader equals self dot darker and then when we're done we just put it back Oop. Bundlefly, yeah, yeah, for the project bundler. Yeah, I think that's right. Bundlefly, I think, is the name of the tool that does it. Could have five palettes so the shade is a little smoother. Uh, yes, I assume you mean yes to the one in behind getting back. Then you need a separate palette for the static bottom. Yep, you're right. Uh, well, I need to change it, at least temporarily, but yeah. Oh, no. Pixel shader must be color converter? Oh, uh, uh, palette. And also, actually, palette here, too. Oh, uh, wait. Why does that affect the top also? Oh, uh, hold up. What have I done? Something else is... What have I done here?
It d uh, does it? It doesn't change the palette. It doesn't change the source palette, does it? Ah, oh, maybe it does. Looks like it does. I think this ends up changing this object. Uh, let's see. Palette fader is a class, brightness is a property, source palette doesn't change. I was never setting this one correct. Okay. So now if I just uncomment this, nothing changes. I think that I think that did change something though. This feels brighter. Static fader. This one is static fader palette. Static fader palette. And I have these commented out, so we're not doing them. You can set brightness after instantiating as often as you want. You have the brightness change smoothly, possibly. Well, it'll change at each of the 10 animation frames, potentially. We could, maybe.
So this, it does, it's, it's not, somehow it's changing a different one. So I go, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I twisted up my code. So, oh, and of course the camera just died on me. Okay, so I go create static fader by making palette fader, passing in static sprite sheet palette, these numbers, print the zero with one from the static fader palette, and then we create a new thing, self.darkstaticfader, which is a palette fader. It takes the same one of these, but different ones of these, and then we print and importantly, I'm printing static fader again, not darker static fader. And then when it prints the second time, it is different a little bit. So instantiating this one managed to change the colors back on this one. Or inside of here, one or the other, right? Oh, oh, I didn't put hex. They did change though. It does look like it changed. Oh, we don't really need to see the screen yet. Yeah. The, uh, the source one does change. Rather than replacing the palette, just use the faded palette.brightness. But I have to have different ones for the top and the bottom static. Otherwise, the top will also get darker. Yeah, but that will change both. But I, and I only want to change the bottom half. So I essentially need them to be on different palettes for that time period when I want them to be different. Um, I do think, for what it's worth, though, I do think this is changing the source palette, so it might be worth double-checking some of the logic inside there, because it... I print the zeroth from the source palette first, and then I initialize a palette fader using that same source palette, and then I print from the source palette again after, and it's different. And I bet you... should actually be a third color before this one, I think, because it would be... It would be uh, FF, I think, for green. To begin with. I think green should be on zero. Save? Oh, okay. Uh, hello? Oh no, I pushed control S inside here, didn't I? Hate that. Yeah. Starts on FF and then CC in, so it is going down a bit. So 
Uh, no worries, though, because we could always just go... We could make a copy, an actual copy. Code doesn't modify the source. I mean, how else can this, how else can this be changing? Right, the only code in between here, I'll, I'll take it back to a, uh, let's take all the rest of this out of it. I'll make a separate one. New palette, nope, new palette, doesn't really matter, let's just say five colors, no, we don't even need that many, let's just say three colors. It's not mix uppercase and lowercase. Actual colors we use don't matter. So as long as we have a couple different, and then we go um, fader equals palette fader p 0 0.7 1.0. But before we do that, we'll go print. Let's go print p. Let's go print p zero. Actually, let's go. Let's make a def print palette. Palette for I and range length. Can you do length of a palette? I think it behaves like a list, right? Should be able to. Uh, print palette I. Print palette P. Print palette P. So if the source uh, if the source one P doesn't change, then this should print the same thing both times. I think internally makes a ulab array, so it's no longer a palette. So we go. I'll import this one instead of changing it to CodePy. We can go import code fader test palette index out of range. We'll import it again. Uh, import code fader test. Yeah, should have done hex values. Should have done hex values, but I do think it changed hex. So first time we get the initial values that we had set, and then the next time we get different values. And I am just printing P, which is the original palette object. In this one, I'm not even ever actually accessing fader.palette. So definitely P is somehow ending up different. 
Maybe the U-Lab Array? Maybe the U-Lab Array is like doing some kind of weird pointer magic underneath the hood and causing it to change the original one? Well, this, does this, uh, you want me to drop the sample code in the Discord? Will that help or like an issue or anywhere? I can give you this reproducer code. Have to instantiate the class. Fader. I mean, I instantiate this one. Not sure what you mean, though. I, well, I instantiate, let's see, we instantiate palette, and then we do instantiate palette fader, and then we never did access, you know, palette fader dot palette, but we could say, you know, like print fader. This one is, then we could go print palette again, and we could do fader. Palette. This would be the actual darkened one, which will actually be the same, I think, as this one. Because it seems like what it's doing is it's just uh, modifying that one in place in addition to essentially creating that new one. Code fader test. Yeah. That one was from P and that was from Pater, so they're the same. I have to instantiate. Oh, okay, yeah, retest. Um. Let me know if you if this would be helpful. I mean, there's not too much to it, and you can see it here, but I'm happy to share it if so. Uh, what I can do, though, is we can totally still do this, though, right? Because we could just go... Uh, we could just basically, before we ever create one of these, we could make a clone, essentially. So, like, self.darkerStaticFader... No, uh, darkerStaticPalette equals a new palette which will have length of length static sprite sheet palette. So it'll be the same size, and then we'll just go for i in range length static self.darker i equals static i. So this will just loop over it loop over it, set all the values into the new one, which will be a totally separate one. And so then at, at that point, let's see. Yeah. So then we get static fader. We'll continue using static fader on the top. But we'll go darker static fader. This one will use self.darker static palette. Go down to 0.7. Yeah. Then back here we'd be saying darker static fader dot palette. And then this one would set it back to static fader dot palette. Yeah. I think that gets us to the same place. Oh. I 
I think that's working, but something with transparencies went weird. I think, oh, 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 we, we will need to re, we'll need to set the transparencies in that new, um, yeah, we, we would need to set, set them in this one, which is going to be weird because actually some of the code is out here, but I'm just going to steal it and put it back inside. Well, it, but I but I cloned it. I think it was preserving transparency, but because I'm doing this one, I've essentially cloned it to where I have now a, a whole new palette, which did not ever get its transparency set. Um, I was gonna try to hold out, but I'm not. I'm not gonna. I shouldn't. I'm gonna run to the restroom, and then I'll be back in just a minute. Okay, sorry about that. That was not going to make it. I don't, I'm probably going to call it a night here pretty quick anyway, but... Um, the bottom half is going all the way black now. that be
palette. Let's print zero on this and see what we get. Black or zero zero CC. Sounds right, actually. And if we went down to 0.7, it'd be darker. Yeah. Sleep extra in here just so we can actually see if it has anything or not. You know what I think I see there is the bottom half of the bottom half of the number is kind of outlined in there, huh? Oh. I'm being silly. I am being silly. This one does not have seven transparency colors. This is the static palette. The static palette only has one transparent color, not seven. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now our bottom half is darker. We can see it right there. We have this weird pause, let's Disable that. Nice. Yeah, that looks super slick. We could even maybe go a hair darker. Um, and like you folks were talking about earlier, we can actually update the brightness as a property, it sounds like, as well. So we could possibly change it more gradually. Right now, it's just hard cut change to the new brightness, which looks pretty good, certainly, for display IO graphics. But if we ease into it, um, it will certainly look a lot smoother. Let me try just a touch darker. I ended up with 0.6 is the top animation fader. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, that's looking nice. Should start darkening even as the top animation happens. So right now we're not doing the ease into it, we're just hard cut setting it, so I will set it back at the beginning, but that may, I don't know if that will make it look weird. No, actually I do like that, yeah I like that, because now the bottom, yeah, yeah that's much better, because now the bottom of the one flipping down is the same darkness as below it, which makes sense, because it's all part of the same shadow. Good call. Yeah, that is really slick looking. I'm really pleased with that. Curious what the speed looks like if we... What if we crank it up just a tad? Um... Where did I declare that back out here? I didn't actually declare it. I think it has a default. We try 0.01 instead. Oh, a little too fast. But it could just be this camera let me look straight on. Nope. <laughs> too fast. Didn't it? Was it? Okay, yeah, 0.02. Ingenium delay. Wait, that feels more than twice as fast. Huh. 0.015? I don't know, that's still too fast. That's weird. Oh. Okay. That's... Intermission delay. I see. Not flipping through all of them. Animation delay. Animation linear or sign. Uh, think linear. Truth is, I don't know though. I would say watch. If you watch the previous streams, you probably would have a better idea to tell me. It's uh. It's pretty much equally spaced based on how many frames were requested. So the function that creates it, you can tell it to create you sprite sheets with 10 frames. 
and then it equally spaces all 10 of those frames so that frame one is like all the way up and then frame two is like however many degrees 90 divided by the number of frames is. So in our case, 90 degrees divided by 10 frames, that means each frame is about nine degrees apart. And it's, they're, they're all the same amount apart. They're all nine degrees away from the one before. Yeah, those ones were on random. Like that was like, I think last night and then like two or three nights ago, I just popped on my own stream. That was uh, not like a regular planned one or anything. Why is this not, is it not called animation delay or something? What are we? Oh, right, 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 anim. We did anim on a bunch of those. I don't know if I like that. I am now acutely aware of how much space it takes though, so. Okay. Now, is that actually faster? Because honestly, that now kind of feels the same speed. Do we actually use this? We did. Okay. So sign, just not many frames. Is it not linear? I guess I would assume that was linear. Please send me the test code. Oh. Is it sign? It feels like that would be linear to me. Like if it was a graph, it feels linear as opposed to like quadratic. Or whatever. I don't know if that's the right term. It's been a long time since I've been geometry on, so I was never that good at geometry to begin with. Geometry is probably my worst math. So that one feels like it would be a pretty good for loop flippy one. Like if you were gonna flip, you know, X number of times in order to go all the way around, if you wanted to mimic the actual physical real world one, that looks like a pretty good speed. I think that hitch right there was just the video stream to my computer, not the actual display. I think the display stays smooth. I will say honestly, the animation to the eye appears just a tad faster than it does on here, honestly. I feel like this is artificially slowing it down. Not a whole lot at all. Just a tiny bit, but I do feel like that's slowing it down just a tad. Trying to fit all these features into diminishing platform, or a, a tiny platform has diminishing returns. I mean, sometimes. I think the goal, the sweet spot is like, enough features that it's super cool and interesting, but not so many that it takes up too much space or that we can't do it. Um, 
And I definitely like the looks of this, and this is a thing we couldn't really do before. I mean, obviously, it's not, like, new to the core or whatever. We didn't implement any new functionality, but this widget... Uh, and actually, I'm really digging the way that the 3D looks with the shading. The shading... Like I said before, you could actually achieve a lot of really interesting perspective slash, like, 3D-type shadowy stuff like this. And I do like this. I do think if we're not going to do the multi-flips, that we're probably better off going just a tad slower. I think that one's pretty good. Is that really... But is that really twice as fast as what we started with? I guess so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this one does feel unnaturally slow now as well. That one feels like moon gravity or something. That one feels pretty good, though. I think that's the one right there. Many ways to improve the simulation, some will improve the perception. That's true. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. It's a bit of, we gotta find the whole 80-20, I guess, if you think about it that way. The The... The 20% of the stuff that will make it seem, you know, 80% of the way to all the way. And then not try to really squeeze out that last 20% because... Or 80% or 20%. I don't know, I probably butchered the explanation. That's how I think of it, though. That 80-20 rule of, like... Getting it most of the way there is fairly easy. Getting it perfected once you're past most of the way there is much harder. And in our case is going to definite, I mean, most likely is going to be having diminishing returns in terms of we have to write more and more and more code to make it more and more clever. And all that new code is taking up space and RAM. So, And if it's only changing the perception of it for like fractions of a second in the middle of the animation, it may not worth it i do think this bottom shadow though is super cool i think the bottom shadow during the flip animation actually turned out really well i'm, I'm super happy with that okay if you're only doing one digit and nothing else, you could afford to have more frames. Yeah, we will be having uh, we'll be having a total of four digits eventually, um, which also brings up a good point. Eventually, we might want to have it be asynchronous. Right now, I'm straight up just calling time.sleep in here, which is totally making this be synchronous. If we were trying to change two of these at the same time, it wouldn't it wouldn't work out. So um, I may. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it. I may make it to where it can work either way. I may make it to just be asynchronous. I may keep it how it is and the rule will just be you can only change one at a time. I don't know. One of those one of those three ways will turn out to be how it works, but I do know we are going to want four of these. Basically two sets of two and then a colon in between. And there because like it's going to be a clock, right? Flip clock. So there are going to be times where we want multiples to change. Like if you have, you know, zero nine, then it's going to change to 10, which means the zero needs to flip to a one and the nine needs to flip to a zero. 
So both of those really do need to change kind of at the same time. I mean, I, they happened in succession. It's not the end of the world, but it probably would look nicer if they did just happen at the same time, right? Um, so yeah, we'll probably want asynchronous somehow. We'll probably, we'll probably want that. I think I've talked myself into that way, but I don't know for sure. I, I still reserve the right to change my mind, certainly. But I think that's going to do it for tonight. I'm feeling pretty good about this. We got our our basic version of the of the widget done. Yep, that's another one, 59 to 00. zero. Yep. Uh, we got our basic version of the flippy done for the digit. This is looking really, really nice. I like the way it turned out. Um, so we'll work on the clock next. I may do that a bit tomorrow. I'm going to circle back around and hit my uh, uh, Game Jam game from a couple weeks back from Circuit Python Day. We're going to work on that a bit tomorrow for my stream in the morning. Um, but we may get back into this as well after that. We'll kind of see how tomorrow goes once we get there. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Seagrover, for this uh, pixel, I mean, palette fader thing. This is, again, super, super awesome. Um, I think this really added a super nice finishing touch to this that, that really does make it look a lot better. So thank you for sharing that and creating it. Thank you to everybody for watching. I um, hope everybody has a good night. Uh, again, if you are interested in seeing... Uh, more of this or more of me working on other CircuitPython stuff, you can follow me on Twitch at FoamyGuy underscore Twitch. Uh, that'll give you notifications when I stream. The next time that I'll be back to stream is tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. So about 15 and a half hours, I think, from right now, um, if my math is right. Um, so I'll be back then on that channel and yeah, we'll get into some game stuff and then possibly get back into this. Uh, and so yeah, hope everybody has a good night. And if I don't see you tomorrow, then I hope you have a good weekend. And beyond that, I will catch you all next time. See ya.